Welcome to Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 30th day. We're almost done with January, folks. A uh, lot of lot of good college basketball in February. We got the NBA All Star Game, the All Star Break. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming up here in sports. Of course, we got the Super Bowl next week. Uh, but hey, listen, time's going by quick here. Weather's kind of kind of a drag after the playoffs and stuff. But before you know it, we'll, we'll be in March Madness. Uh, we'll be in the draft. We'll be in the NBA Finals. Uh, the Finals playoffs. <laughs> you got to get the playoffs first. Playoffs, but yeah, playoffs. So anyways, um, got a great show for you uh, planned tonight here. Going to talk about uh, Ben Johnson. What that? There's different angles to looking at the Ben Johnson backing out and staying with Detroit. Huge, great news for Detroit Lions fans. Did not, again, did not see that story coming. Uh, talk about that from different angles. Plus, Stillers hire Arthur Smith. Uh, seems like the pressure's starting to really uh, uh, come up on, on, on Mike Tomlin. I'll talk about that. Plus, Travis Kels. I've noticed there's a big spike in his numbers uh, in the playoffs. I'll tease that. Uh, Tennessee Vols in the college game being investigated for NIL violations. So I've got all those stories I'm going to talk about and more. Stand by. We'll take our first and only break, and I'll be back here in 49 seconds. We'll hit the ground running here on Sports Scope. Hello, Sports Scope followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder. If you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and sports scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. Alrighty then, I'm back here live. It looks like um, I am live on Instagram. The thing is, it seems like um, I'm on a little bit of delay. So, folks, if you if you comment on the Instagram page, uh, and I don't answer uh, when you comment, it, it I haven't got any Instagram comments. So if you are on Instagram comment, tell me that you're on Instagram comments since I started this a few weeks ago. Uh, hopefully I'll be back on Facebook in a few weeks. So we'll see how that plays out. I got to move along with the show anyways. Okay, now, all right, let, let's start with one of the biggest stories of the day. Detroit coming off of a... Uh, Historic run NFC championship games. A lot of Dan Campbell got a lot of heat. Not going for the fellow. Didn't hear a lot from the from the Lions fans. That the like I said yesterday, Lions still fan, the Lions fans still in that honeymoon 
Faye still in. Hey, we're just glad to be here. 30 years, you know, first time winning division, NFC championship game. We're talking 40 years. Uh, they showed um, when the Lions were in the NFC championship game back in 83, folks, uh, they actually brought a lion to this. I don't know if you all caught that. Anyways, but the big news today is Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson will stay with the Lions. Okay. <clears throat> My guess is he probably got a pay raise for, uh, to about between 4 and $5 million. Said he wanted to win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff under contract. Now, listen, Goff is in his final year of his contract. He's going to make about $31 million. That's not bad. For today's NFL, you've got guys making 50, 60. I want to say Deshaun Watson's over $60 million cap hit. And and that uh, $31 million, that, that's what golf is, uh, his cap hit is. Uh, they're, they're way under the cap here, I want to say. Uh, $61 million in, in cap space. They're not too far behind Tennessee, although this team, you know, Tennessee's second. Washington's got $83 million. So they've only got $20 million less than, than Washington the team that was offering um, uh, Ben Johnson. So he's looking at this situation, all these great players that that are simply, um, they're in the second year of their contract. So they're not going to be busted on a cap on just about anybody. Possibly maybe Ottoman St. Brown or Panay Some of those guys, one of those guys may hold out. I doubt it. I think they're coming up in year three, which means they will be eligible for extension. Uh, I don't think so. Only one that could potentially hold out would be golf himself. I think they're going to try to work out something with golf, a three to five year deal. Hopefully, if you're a Lions fan, keep it at around three. You want to see how good a, a Hendon hooker is before you give golf a big bunch of money. Under this model, I'd try to give golf just a few more million dollars on that contract that he has and maybe give him some incentives to bump him way up. If you give him a big chunk of money, you're going to start losing players and your window may close sooner rather than later. Now, either way, it will be open next year. So that's what that's that's a very good news story for the Detroit Lions. OK, you say, what's the pull here? What's the pull here? Here's the sense I'm getting from Detroit. And as much as I pounded and pounded Dan Campbell, some of his reckless uh, uh, coaching habits, you know, he's, he's the next player. He's still acting, getting emotional. The players, he crying in the locker room, very Dick Vermeil like, right? Uh, former uh, Chiefs and, and, and Rams coach won a Super Bowl. Uh, you Eagles fans, coached the Eagles back in the day. Um, but I also think that Campbell has a, a Dabo Sweeney like family, uh, Clemson coach here, family like atmosphere, okay. Uh, if, if you don't recall, Devil Sweeney is um, uh, for a few years. I'm talking post national championship, okay? Uh, with Trevor Lawrence and with uh, with Sean Watson, uh, he had really good coaches to stay there. Brett Venables year after year after year. Now Venables finally he's second year into the Oklahoma job, but they were two and three years past national championships, he was just staying there with Clemson. I kind of get that same, you know, the emotional, you can see the bond there. A lot of players bought into Devil. Now, Devil's having some problems like everybody with the transfer portal, 
with the NIL stuff. And, you know, I'll talk about the Tennessee store. They're uh, being investigated for violations with, with the, the NIL stuff as well. But but my point is, yeah, Dan Campbell does have that effect on there. Uh, even the coaches are buying in. You know, some may say that possibly he should move off Aaron Glenn. And he never did. They, they fired the, the defensive back coach. And um, that defense did get better. That get, they, they need to make a step next year. This year, I think Green Bay is going to be a lot better. Minnesota, they still need a quarterback situation. I, th- I think the Bears are going to stay the same. I probably should bring back John Rostano, see what his thoughts are on the Bears. But overall, that that that's the vibe I'm getting from Ben Campbell, okay? And again, Ben Johnson's looking at this. He's saying, you know, Sam Laporta, 99 catches in a regular season. That's a rookie. That's a rookie tight end. Jamar Gibbs, uh, sensational rookie. He could potentially, most running backs, folks, have a better season the second year they're in. I think it'll be all, all you fantasy players with that offensive line. Jamar, Jamar Gibbs is going to be the man next year. Uh, I remember here out of Nashville, Chris Johnson's second year. They made 2,000 yards. He's got a lot of Chris Johnson-like tendencies, uh, Jamar Gibbs. So you, you look at that, Jack Campbell, Brian Branch, he's looking at all these plays like, man, I tell you what, th- this is a um, th- this is a really good spot here, plus the fact that uh, I mentioned this this time last year, closer to March last year, that I was surprised Detroit's turned into such a free agent destination with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. A lot of people wanted to sign him. Uh, that was a safety, led the league in interceptions, had a big interception in the Tampa game a couple of weeks ago. That was a safety come over from, from Philadelphia. Plus, you got guys like Kevin um, uh, Cameron Sutton. Now, Sutton, you know, he's been getting torched. But he was a, a big free agent get, comes over from Pittsburgh last year. Maybe they can get that this year uh, but with, with the tackle or, or maybe work out something, uh, you know, with, with the defensive tackle, maybe another linebacker to go side Jack Campbell. So he's looking at all this stuff. He's looking at their money situation, possibility to get a ring uh, and, and do something really historic. The other angle, the other angle to – Ben Johnson not wanting to take a job with a Washington that was supposed to have reported last week. Um, they've got a general manager, Adam Peters, from, from, from uh, San Francisco. Again, Washington leads the NFL, $83 million in cap room. Josh Harris, supposedly, uh, you know, pretty successful owner, owns the Philadelphia 76ers there. And he's got the two-pick here, which means they could get uh, Jalen Daniels out of um, out of LSU, or potentially, and I, I think that's I think is who they'll get. Drake May out of North Carolina. Talked about it last week. Could be a Carson Palmer-like prospect there. Um, and plus, you're going to get double your money. Yeah, maybe he exaggerated that 15 million because he really didn't want to take another job. And maybe that may have shot away some of these organizations from wanting to jump that high to a coach that's unproven. Or or this is a big blessing in disguise for the Washington Commanders. Maybe this guy, because you know, all the reports I read that 
this was pretty much a done deal that he was going to get. He was going to get hired with Washington last week as soon as, you know, possibly when the season's over with and, and take over there as head coach there. It looks like a pretty good situation up there. I've uh, got quite a few players, skilled players and whatnot. Got that franchise potential quarterback. You're going to get double, probably, possibly triple the money, uh, depending on what he was making. I'm pretty sure he's going to be making money now, but, you know, at least six, seven, eight million dollars a year. No less than no less than six, I would think. Well, if you go for 15, you're a hot commodity. Several teams, I'm, I'll go out on a limb and say about nine, okay? Conservative here. I'll say nine million a year versus maybe five as a coordinator, and that's a pretty high number. But he, he's done a really good job. He's got very good rapport with Jared Goff. Love their formations, uh, running out of different angles and all that stuff. So you can see what they've got there. But I'm, I'm saying to myself, if I'm watching, going back to that blessing in the skies comment, think about Josh McDaniels a few years ago. He says all the reports say Josh McDaniels is going to take, that's the uh, former offensive coordinator from the Steelers or from the Patriots, He's going to take that Patriot job or the, the Colts job. Going to take the Colts job. And then at the last minute, he gets cold feet. Nah, I like I like, I like working with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Okay. And then go back even farther when he was in his 30s, which is Ben Johnson's still pretty young. He's only 37. Uh, he, he, took, he took the Denver job. That turned into be a disaster uh, also. And now we know that he's just not head coaching material. Ben Johnson may not be head coaching material. He's a small guy in stature. He might not be confrontational enough to lead a whole organization like that. Because you got to coach the coaches. You're coaching the players. Do you want to be a walk-around coach? Do you want to be a coach that just emphasizes on your side of the ball and you hire the best guys on the other side and just let it let it be, that would be my approach. You know, go out, I'm going to do my side of the ball. I'm a hire guy. I don't care how much older he is than me. If I'm 37, he's 67, and he can still do it, I'm bringing in the experience, okay? I'm bringing in a Leslie Frazier who's out there, a defensive coordinator. I'm bringing in somebody mid-50s, 60s, to come out and run my defense, I'm getting a lot of veterans around me because they know something that I don't about the side uh, of the ball here. So that's what I was say. So he, this he he might not be that. He simply might not be head coach and material. Either way, it's great for Detroit. It's great. They're they're in a very good position because just like I said yesterday, with some of the moves that Dan Campbell's made, uh, I heard today that they go for it on fourth down more than anybody in this century <laughs> since 2000 and on. So uh, it's like 34, 35% of the time going forward fourth down. I uh, joked yesterday, I read something off Twitter, uh, the X out there that, that uh, Dan Campbell is like the guy at the blackjack table. Uh, you give him, uh, he, he draws 18 and he wants to hit. You know, there's got to be a three there somewhere. So, but getting 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 Johnson back here, uh, this takes out the idea 
that this may very well be a Nick Sirianni situation where he has a, just an excellent offensive coordinator and he gets rid of that court. The coordinator gets a job. Sirianni obviously lost Shane Steichen uh, over to the, uh, the Colts here. And now they're scrambling. We saw how dreadful the offense looked and the, for the defense for that matter. Uh, so, so we'll see. We'll see how all this plays out there. Uh, but that's it's, it's really good news for Detroit fans. Uh, as far as Washington, um, you know, I, I still may call back Bobby Slowick. I don't know if I would have looked at – I mean, here's some of the names that's come up on the AP wire uh, when, when researching this story. Uh, Bobby Slowick's still out there. Mike McDonald, listen, he is on the defensive side of the ball. McDonald, uh, the coordinator from from uh, Baltimore. Now, of course, they had Ron Rivera. They just got done with the defensive guy. But listen, I mean, Kansas City simply did not score a point in the second half, okay? He made some adjustments, shut Kansas City out in the second half of this game. Uh, Baltimore led the t- uh, you know, to me, they were the best defense. Forget about what the numbers say. Uh, they were the best points-wise. Uh, you saw the way they dominated Houston against the run uh, in that first game. But, uh, you know, somebody like that, uh, Slowick is still very young himself. Uh, if I brought Slowick in, uh, uh, the offensive coordinator from Houston, very good job. I want to see who he's going to bring around him. Can he get a veteran staff around him uh, to help him out? Okay. Uh, can, can he get a guy that a Ron Rivera's age? Would he hire Mike Brabel? You know, uh, would Mike Brabel take the job for a year? Probably not. But get somebody much older, help you out with the other side of the ball, put a good staff around you, you know, and, and listen, maybe even uh, talk to Todd Munkin. Listen, Munkin from Baltimore, people want to criticize him about the AFC Championship game and throw stones. This guy called a great he, he, he's had great game plans all year long. Kansas City simply played the practic- perfect game plan led by uh, Steve Spagnato, who was coached in big games before. He's got multiple Super Bowl rings, three that I know of, two with Kansas City, one with the Giants. Kansas City did not win a Super Bowl before he became the defensive coordinator. Okay, He was not the first defensive coordinator with uh, Andy Reid before he got there. He's another guy. He's not head coach of material. I think he's lost two jobs as a head coach. But he is a very good defensive coordinator and uh, probably the best in the game right now, particularly when it comes to big game. They don't spend a lot of money. They, they spend money on Chris Jones, and those cornerbacks are all rook- they're on rookie contracts. You know, I, I think – I think Snead's going to be uh, he's going to be a free agent this year, and a lot of uh, you know people's going to go after him. But McDuffie's in like what year two, and they've got a bunch of safeties I've never heard of, you know, and uh, Calais or whatever his name is, a guy from Iowa. That's a, that guy's a draft pick, so you know, uh, it, it's worth looking at a guy like a Todd Munkin, okay. It's worth looking at a monk and maybe they talk to Vrabel also. I don't know. I don't know. I would I would lean offense, though. If I'm Washington, I, I would lean offense. I'm sure 
your Mike Richmond's of the world, uh, the author I've had on the program, I'm sure he's disappointed. He wanted Harbaugh. I thought Harbaugh may be there. Now, of course, I said the Chargers were the best job, and, of course, that's what Harbaugh took. But uh, uh, Washington Command, again, you've got the most money. You've got that second overall pick. Uh, new ownership seems to be more, much more flexible than Daniel Snyder. Uh, it, it's really a clean slate job. It seems like a good gig as of today. So uh, that's a story I'm going to be monitoring over uh, the, the next few days into the next week or so. Possibly get that hire done this weekend. This weekend. Okay. Staying in the NFL. Okay. Now, Arthur Smith. Speaking of Titans, former Titans offensive coordinator, he was a very good coordinator here. I, I was looking up. He's been hired as the Steelers, uh, as the Steelers offensive coordinator. All right. Remember, he was recently fired from the Falcons. Never really got a good shake there. Didn't really have a good quarterback to deal with down there. Most of that tenure was cleaning up salary cap. But he might be the coordinator type. But I tell you what. Uh, as a um, as a offensive guy, offensive coordinator, he was there for two years with Tennessee. During that time, Ryan Tannehill had career years in nineteen and twenty. Okay, uh, Tannehill, I thought I screenshotted this thing. Uh, you look at get plays like in the red zone. Speaking of the Ravens. Derrick Henry uh, throwing the ball in the end zone. That you got to give that to to uh, Arthur Smith here. That was a big playoff game. That was when uh, Lamar lost his second year in the league. Remember, he got the MVP that year. Uh, Titans went up there, uh, beat up on them pretty good, caught them a little bit flat footed, caught them off their bye week, and, and got ahead. Uh, Tannehill. I want to say his numbers. I don't know why I do not have them here. But um, they're really good. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, 2019. This is this is what you're getting, folks. This is what you possibly could get in Pittsburgh, Carlos. Uh, Ron Tannehill with Arthur Smith. Okay. Uh, uh, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. He had a rating in 2019 of 117. Uh, they were killing it in the red zone that year. That's the year Tennessee got to the AFC championship game, okay? And then you look in 2020, his numbers are even better. 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Those the Titans that year. They couldn't stop a nosebleed as far as the passing game here. So uh, they had their old line squared away. There was some good structure there from Tannehill and the offense when Smith was the, the offensive coordinator. Then he takes over, like some of the – he resurrected uh, – what was that guy's name? Cord, Cordell Patterson, former ball there, Carlos, if that name rings a bell. Uh, his his career, he didn't really have a position in the NFL. Uh, Arthur Smith uses this guy as a running back. You know, he, they, he was using him the way that Cal Shanahan and San Francisco used Dabo Swinney. So he was using him like that, and, you know – you wish they could have got more out of Kyle Pitts, but a lot of that's just the simple quarterbacks just simply not executing executing the play there. So I think they got a good hire. That being said, a lot of this falls on the head coach, all right? 
I do think that um, I would definitely pair Arthur Smith with Kenny Pickett. Not a Mason Rudolph guy myself. Plus, Tomlin said, listen, we're going to give Kenny another shot here. You know, the games I saw Kenny Pickett play, he didn't fill up the stat sheet, but he did finish games well, including beating Baltimore, okay? Uh, that I know he got hurt last year. Maybe it was his injury. But I haven't sold all my stock on Kenny Pickett. Uh, absolutely not whatsoever. Also... <laughs> All this is kind of happening here in, in, in the in the last day or so. I, I did want to reiterate uh, or also add on that Art Rooney, Art Rooney, uh, I read this off of uh, Pro Football Talk. That's the owner of the Steelers, Art Rooney II. We've had enough of this. Time for the Steelers to get some, air quote, playoff wins. Carlos? Like Jim Moore Sr. would say, playoffs? Yeah, they haven't won a playoff game since 2016. Okay, the Steelers have not won a playoff game since 2016. And, you know, I was thinking to myself when I read that headline, and I'm reading about Arthur Smith, uh, he also mentioned we're working on Tomlin's, Mike Tomlin's contract extension this offseason. We're working on that, okay? Then he throws in the playoff wins. Why does it irritate him more now than it has in the past? And I got to thinking, well, the Ravens are in your division. They're in the AFC Championship game, all right? That doesn't help. That, that, that doesn't help whatsoever. And then you look back, then you look back last year, Carlos, you look back last year, and the Cincinnati Bengals are in the AFC Championship game. You look back the year before that, the Cincinnati Bengals make it all with the Super Bowl. Uh, it always irks the owners more when it's somebody in your division that's really successful. It does. I mean, look at the Titans here. Uh, Houston in the playoffs here, all right? The Colts in the playoffs. Last year, Jacksonville beats Tennessee, goes to the playoffs, wins a playoff game, all right? And then Amy Adams Trunks says, okay, I'm firing Mike Vrabel. He, he made it through the, the, the god-awful Black Monday, right? He makes it through Black Monday, and then it's like, uh, nah, I think I'm going to fire. So – so you look at it from from that perspective. Um, they've had three coaches since 1969. Very the most stable organization in the history of the NFL when it comes to head coaches. Okay, uh, three coaches since 1969. All three of those coaches won Super Bowls. Okay, they got six Super Bowls there. All right. Uh, but I've never heard that out of out of Steelers ownership. I think they may jump on this bandwagon and saying we're we're, we're going to try again. This would be Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph, Carlos's third offensive coordinator in the last two years. Someone thought uh, Matt Canada was fired. And I can't remember who the the, the fill in guy was. It makes no never mind because the interim guy they didn't keep, so they went on and hired former Titans, Arthur Smith, I think it's a good hire. 
It was good. Art. I would kind of like maybe the Titans maybe could have gave Vrabel one more year, brought Arthur Smith back, but, you know, the owner, she lost a little bit of her patience there, and then they decided to go with Brian Callahan. I think it's a good hire. We'll see what his staff looks like. But I like the um, the vision of going offensive, okay? And maybe and maybe the Rooners are thinking, okay, we're loyal to Mike. Uh, we, we did get in the playoffs, but we didn't win any playoff games. And they're probably thinking, like I said, I've been saying this all season, since 2019, only, Carlos, only offensive-minded head coaches have been in the Super Bowl, not win the Super Bowl, been in the Super Bowl, all right? Going all the way back to the 49ers and uh, this Chiefs team, part one, right, in 2019, offensive, offensive, right? Go to 2020, Tampa Bay, Kansas City again, uh, Bruce Arians, uh, Andy Reid, okay? Then you go up again, you're Zach Taylor, and then, of course, you're going with uh, Sean McVay with the, with, with the Rams, right? Right, Carlos? All right, and then last year, of course, you had uh, Sirianni, and then, of course, you've had, you had Andy Reid again. So, and, and now you've got... Cal Shanahan part two <laughs> and Andy Reid uh, round two per se. Uh, it's an offensive off. So I could see Pittsburgh saying, you know what, maybe we should go offensive if this don't work. And yes, they're probably going to have to uh, look at maybe getting another uh, quarterback here. You, you says, Carlos says the Steelers need a quarterback and O-line and another deep threat. Yes. Uh, um I probably shop that around, okay? If I'm the Steelers, uh, I don't know what they're drafting at. I think when well, they made the playoffs, they got put out in one round. So they're, they're going to be drafting in the 20s. That's usually where they are. I want to say they draft, they traded up a few spots back in 2004, if I'm not mistaken, and got Ben Roethlisberger. And uh, they, they, they got Ben Roethlisberger. He was the third quarterback picked. Remember, you had um, Phillip Rivers in the debacle there because uh, uh, Mr. Manning, uh, Archie, Archie's like, listen, man, Eli's not going to the Chargers, nothing personal, but he's not going to play for you guys. So you got to do what you got to do. You're going to work out something with the Giants. So we know what happened there. They got Phillip Rivers. The Giants end up with uh, with Eli Manning. And then a few spots later, all in one draft, uh, a few spots, like maybe 10, 12, something like that. Then I see uh, I see Bill Cowher. Yeah, I like this Roethlisberger. I was like, how do you say this guy's like a hamburger or whatever? So this is a big quarterback draft. A lot of people would be surprised. I wouldn't be that they may go quarterback. Now, when you've got Tomlin there, as the defensive-minded head coach, he's thinking, well, if we could just fix X, Y, and Z, if we could just keep these quarterbacks healthy and get a better running game, maybe we can keep – I think they may let Najee Harris walk. Uh, I think he's coming up on the fifth year there. I would. I don't think he's that explosive. I would keep Jalen Warren. Uh, I would draft another running back and put money elsewhere. 
into the offensive line, they're pretty good at skill position. A lot of this is coaching and scheme, folks. It's And ultimately, it's the quarterback position, you know. And hopefully he's not stubborn enough to say, well, we're great at quarterback, because you're not. You're going against Lamar Jackson. You're going against Joe Burrow, who's going to be back. You're going against Deshaun Watson. Um, you're still living on trying to beat up people off uh, defensively when all the rules point towards the offensive side of the ball, Okay. Well, that being said, yeah, they got to the playoffs. Like I've been saying for the past three years, maybe since 2016, that Tomlin does just enough not to get fired. He always does because this team always drafts well. They draft them and they'll move off of a clown. You know, they'll, they, they, what a great move, by the way. So they turn around and trade Chase Claypool to the Bears. Sorry, John, if you're watching, I know that's a that's a, that that's a rough one uh, for a second round pick, and then they get Joey Porter Jr. at cornerback there. Turned out to be a pretty good play there. Uh, I think he got hurt, but Porter Porter's going to be a good player. Uh, Porter's going to be a good player. Uh, T.J. Watt, they got players on that side, you know, but they've also got a lot of money spent on that side. Uh, the the offensive line got better. It got better. It's really about the quarterback play. And this may be, I'm saying all that to say this, Carlos and everybody watching, this may be the last straw with Tomlin. We could see history made. Because uh, ownership's like, man, we're going through coordinator to coordinator. Coach, it's probably just you. And that's why I think you, you've seen a lot of the national media saying, maybe Tomlin should take a year off. Maybe he should do like a Sean Peyton from uh, the Saints, he realized he didn't have a good quarterback there after Drew Brees retired. He, he seemed a little burnt out. He knew that Saints team was busted wide open on the salary cap, but Mickey Loomis figured out a way to keep it. So he took a one-year sabbatical, and then he came back, took the Denver job. I'm sure it wasn't what he thought it was, but uh, he's back working. Seems pretty happy, you know, and um, – so people were trying to suggest that maybe Tomlin do that. He's letting his beard grow out and he's rough looking. And then after that rough loss to, to Buffalo when he walked out of the – but then he comes back on Tuesday and he says, oh, I'm fine. Hey, y'all got any questions about my contract? So he, he was in a totally different mood. He would be great for TV. You hear a lot of people talk about it. He's got good sound bites and stuff. He does. He does command the room. But I, I just think that if you don't have the perfect quarterback you don't have a deadlock franchise quarterback for Tomlin, I do not think you can win because he does not want to put the heavy money and resources into that offensive line, into that side of the ball. And you don't have to do that much because they draft well. I mean, you know, Firemuth is a good uh, – Firemuth, the, the tight end, solid player. Very good. I like Warren. I like George Pickens, okay? Deontay Johnson, these guys are solid, man. And not to mention the history of, of their wide receivers who've been good for, for a team that's built on defense like that, the Steelers. Uh, they draft really well receiver. I mean, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel uh, Sanders, uh, Carlos. So they, they, do have, um, they do have a history. Mike Wallace, you guys remember him? Very fast wide receiver. Take the top off of defense. 
Plexico Burris, I mean, just a long history there. Uh, uh, and a lot of that is the offensive scheme and trying to get into the 2023, 2024, the 2020s per se. Again, since 2019, all the Super Bowls have had nothing but offensive-minded head coaches in there. There's a reason why Bill Belichick hadn't been hired yet. You know, one thing, he's defensive-minded. Another thing, he's wanting to do all the drafting. That's two strikes, man. So Carlos says, if I was Pittsburgh, I would have gone with – yeah, I mean, well, uh, Arthur Smith, the enemy. I think I think if you look at a guy like uh, what Ryan Tannehill did, Tannehill's not Patrick Mahomes – you know, the enemy will probably get another shot here. And I was right. I, I was telling Carlos, I don't think the enemy's a good interview, man. You know, he just didn't get any job offers this time around. Now, I can't remember who the Washington guy is now. Um, God, what's that quarterback's name in Washington, Carlos? The uh, the the commander's quarterback. Beaks, no, never mind. They're probably going to get Drake. Uh, uh, Drake. Uh, Drake Reed or whatever his name is, uh, they're probably going to get him anyways. They're probably going to draft another because his numbers fell off as the season went along. Uh, the, the commander's quarterback's numbers fell off. They look good early. I like some of the schemes early from B. Anthony. B. Anthony very well may go back to Kansas City after all this is said and done. Uh, maybe he gets in line um, at Kansas City. Maybe, maybe he can kind of, you know, 10 years there, maybe uh, – he may butt heads with, with, with Mahomes if uh, if Reed retires. But, you know, something um, – I would much rather have a offensive-minded head coach and a great defensive coordinator, Kansas City, for example. All right. Uh, Cincinnati, McDonald, and Baltimore is doing really well. Uh, then I would like to have it the other way around, a very good or possibly good offensive coordinator than a, than a good defensive. So, Arthur, it doesn't guarantee the Steelers' offense. That's right, Carlos, it don't, because it still goes down to the head coach. You say, why? Because it goes down to what certain plays are called in certain situations the, the head coach may come in and say, no, nah, I don't want that slant down the field on on, on uh, third and one or fourth and one. Let's try to do a running play here and just get it. But the offensive coordinator is saying, for example, Kansas City, right, uh, to Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, it's what, third down? And Mahomes takes a shot downfield. Scanlon makes the big play, big first down. They're in field goal range. That ends the game. A defensive-minded head coach. No, let's don't do that. Let's don't do that now. Let's. So you, you hinder some of the offensive uh, calls and game plans is what I'm trying to say. In crucial parts of the game. And that's usually where you're getting judged on. Now, you're offensive-minded. You don't want to go too far the other way. Like, um, like our guy Dan Campbell per se. But I got another story to talk about, folks. Don't want to get too far behind there, Carlos. Uh, University of Tennessee, they're, they're in potential hot water over the NIL 
violation. Uh, this was first reported by SI.com. Sports, people keep saying Sports Illustrated. I think that's the hard copy because SI.com, they still got stories. Anyways, I digress. And, of course, it's the second-year five-star player, Nico Lama Leva. Uh, I probably butchered that last name. Uh, he's the five-star player that's been talked about in college football for the past few years during his recruiting uh, process. Lane Kiffin was complaining that that he was uh, Sam Howe. Yeah, Sam Howe, Carlos, is what – that's the that's the, that's the the commander's quarterback. Uh, but hey, I want to tell you about this story, folks. University of Tennessee investigated for NIL violations here. Okay. Uh, supposedly, Nico, the big five star quarterback, second, I think he was to Arch Manning, uh, who was the sensation there at, um, you know, the big name, the, the nephew of Peyton and Eli at Texas. This guy was number two. Now, he might have been number one. Maybe Arch is simply just a big name. Uh, Nico came in for the bowl game against uh, Iowa. Tennessee shut him out. He looked good as a runner and as a passer. Kind of reminds me as a college version of a bigger Marcus Mariota type of player here. So this story comes out that that there's some uh, there's some violations here. And immediately, and immediately after, um, looks like my signal's trying to go out there. Immediately after this story, the chancellor of Tennessee comes out and says, listen, she barks back at the NCAA for this, at these allegations. Okay. Um, and I've got some here notes here from the athletic. If I, I'll just, uh, this is from the athletic here, Bruce Feldman and all, uh, he was the main main writer on this. He says Tennessee under NCAA investigations for his alleged NIL violations. Uh, it says multiple score, uh, multiple sports, but mainly it's that it, it's the Nico one uh, from what I read. Okay, SI first reported uh, it was described as major violation. Tennessee has not received. It does has not received notice of allegations. A source familiar with the situation, Tennessee feels confident the UTs followed all the NCAA guidelines. In a letter to the president, Charlie Baker, on Monday, Tennessee's chancellor, uh, Carlos, this Don D. Plowman, uh, criticized what she called two and a half years of vague and contradictory. Uh, NCAA memos, emails, and guidance about name, image, likeness and said the organization is failing. She said the NCAA's alleged allegations are, are uh, factually untrue, and um, Purdue Larry, using a $50 word, flawed. A group from Tennessee met, what'd she say? Hold on, let me see what she has put here. This is from the, a group from University of Tennessee met with members of the NCAA Enforcement South Monday, according to the letter, student perspectives, Parents, coaches, and NCAA, clear rules. Plowman wrote, are, as you acknowledge in the recent congressional hearing, the NIL guidance for NCAA to student-athletes has been inconsistent, she says, and unclear, and the ambiguity, you could tell this woman's an academic, has filled student-athletes and collectives with uncertainty about how to follow these rules. 
Okay, going back to the NCAA has allowed players to monetize this going back to July 1st of 2021. Why is that date? And uh, I'll keep keep that year in mind. Keep that July 1st, 2021. Keep that in mind, okay? Uh, it goes on to say, permitted to use his recruiting uh, NIL-related investigations have been sparse, presumed ineffective by the 2023 bylaw uh, to use circumstantial evidence, circumstantial evidence, and not just direct sourcing and, and investigations gives them more power to pursue such causes. The rules, laws around the market are so new, changed so often, their enforcement has not been widely feared by the NCAA committee. So that, it sounds like when you say circumstantial and all that, that sounds like he said, she said. Uh, I'm sure Tennessee's competitors probably came to the NCAA as soon as this guy signed with Tennessee. They're not in a recruiting hotbed in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's not Athens, Georgia. It's not Gainesville, Florida. Although I did read that Florida's being investigated about, about some things. Florida State had some minor violations, but but they, they got taken care of. My thing is, again, since 2021, back to my notes here that I wrote down, look at the this thing has taken college football by storm and they're still trying to figure out. And I said this, we're still, we're going to be in the panic stage. We're coming up on year three. That's really not a big, that's not a long time. We're coming up on year three of transfer portal name, image, and likeness. Okay. And these older coaches that have already made a lot of money, they ain't got nothing to prove. I mean, Jay Wright's only 61. He was 61 years old. He walked out. He walked off a uh, year before last. And then Nick Saban still had plenty left, had a national championship contender coming in to this season, coming up in fall, uh, had quarterback coming back, a lot of young players, uh, had the number two class, had the number one class year before that, and all the crap he had to deal with this past year, losing players, other teams are stacking their teams up. The talent stretched out so much that it's more of an even playing field. And and, and he didn't like that. He's used to Alabama coasting, you know. So you're going to have people throwing mud at each other saying, hey, look, we know you're cheating. We know you're cheating. I mean, seven to eight million dollar deal based on, and, and I went back and looked at that. Uh, during his recruitment process uh, for Nico, the, the the big time, and according to, let me see, let me make sure and get this right here, if I still got it. Um, I want to say, yeah, this football scoop here. Uh, the Athletic reported that the 2023 level high level football prospect secured a worth potential seven to eight million for his collective career pending uh the legal boilerplate in three years at the program among other items per my red sources with direct knowledge with the situation this is this is the uh and knoxville base 
uh, Spurie Sports Group. So that's something to do with their NIL. You know, hey, listen, I, do I think Tennessee may have violated some things? I don't know. I don't know. I, I do know one thing that they've gotten in trouble before with, with uh, Jeremy Pruitt. And I know they're a little bit desperate because they don't have, they're not in that recruiting uh, area. Uh, I didn't even talk about that Travis Kell story, guys. Uh, so that it, it's, it, yeah, it's a hot mess, Carlos. Remind me, I, I, I'll probably ask your opinion about that story coming up on Friday. Part of me thinks they're going to be okay because it seems like she's making a good point about that circumstantial stuff. So it sounds like the rules are not clear there. Uh, you rarely hear a chancellor come out and say something that quick. They're usually real quiet and kind of working with it. Okay, uh, Travis Kills, um, wanted to get to this story. I want to, folks, I want to wrap this show up just before the hour ends. So we got, I got 12 minutes. I, I'm doing good on time, but I didn't want to forget my Travis Kell story. I wanted to get to that one before I got to the Tennessee story. But here we go. Okay. So as I mentioned at the very beginning of the season, I think Travis Kells probably will, will take a step back in this year, 2023-2024 season, proven right right off the bat. He, he misses opening night against Detroit. We saw that. Uh, Kels, and then he comes back. He's still kind of sluggish against Jacksonville. Kansas City loses that opening week against Detroit, but they bounce back. They, they beat Jacksonville, right? They beat Jacksonville, but he's still somewhat sluggish here, you know? Uh, Kels, is, it, he, he's still somewhat on, on the sluggish side of things. So just reading you some of his stats of the season, all right? Four catches, 26 yards, touchdown against Jacksonville. First week back, I'll, I'll say he peaked out, 12 catches, 179, and a touchdown October 27th, uh, 22nd against the Chargers. Uh, so he hit a little hot streak there. But as the season went along, it was more of, Three catches, 14 yards against Miami. Even after his bye week, folks, even against Philadelphia, 744 and a touchdown. Okay. Then you start to get a little closer towards the end of the season. Then you got a lot of five for 28 against New England, five for 44 against Vegas. That was on Christmas Day, by the way. Three catches, 16 yards against Cincinnati. Okay, um, so I remember I mentioned the fact that he had 40-something yards. He had 40, 7 for 44. He did score a touchdown in the Philadelphia. Why does the Philadelphia game matter? Because that was after a bye week, okay? Now, he, he did not play the last game. He did not play the, uh, the last game. I think it was against the Chargers. But he did play the next game after that. That was the, the playoff game against Miami, right? The really cold playoff game against Miami. So he he plays that game. Seven for 71. That's pretty good. Okay? Then he goes on the road. Five for 75 and two touchdowns against Buffalo. 11 for 116 and a touchdown. Look at these spike in numbers here. From five for 44. Three for 16, 
Then he jumps up seven for 71, five for 75, two, and 11 for 116 yards and a touchdown against the best defense in the league in the Ravens. Okay, maybe he he changed his diet over his off week. Uh, he did look more focused. A lot of those catches were short passes and, and well executed by Andy Reid. And, of course, Mahomes putting the proper touch on the football. But one of those was a runaway touchdown, like a um, – what do you call it? Um, like a back shoulder timing route where he had to beat the guy to the punch. Uh where he scored that opening touchdown there for the Ravens. So, listen, 11 catches for 116 after three three straight, uh, well, two straight road games and three straight uh, home games when his, his numbers, other than back in October, have been mediocre at best. Okay? Listen. Listen to these names that the NFL has drug tested. Jake Browning, random drug test following his win uh, December 16th over Minnesota. Remember that, Carlos? Yeah, I, I think I beat you in that game at the last one. Lions, Jamar Gibbs, he's a rookie. Lions, Jamar Gibbs gets random drug test after 100 yards, two touchdown game. Back on uh, Christmas Eve, December 24th, C.D. Lamb. Dallas C.D. Lamb hit with a NFL drug test after career best day. That was on New Year's Eve. C.D. Lamb got hit with it. So maybe it's all just he's taking care of his body. He was saving his legs for the playoffs here. But when you have a game like that and you're a tight end against Baltimore, uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'd slap it on him. I don't think that uh, if you ain't got nothing to hide, if 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 he ain't got nothing to hide, I'll, I'll just show him these other big names. Listen, that guy's a lot more younger than you, Travis. We're not discriminating against older players. Jamar Gibbs, the first year, he, he's uh, he's a rookie, you know. C.D. Lamb, he's only what third year, three years in the league. He, he's doing another extension. But and you you get a lot of this three catches, sixteen yards, five for forty four, five for twenty eight. Now he did have some six for eighty three against Buffalo back in early December, and he had some six for ninety one. I'll say that too uh, on November, but there was a big fall off there in December. And for you to go on the road like that and play that well two consecutive games, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get it. Now, now, if you really want to get into the conspiracy world, maybe they didn't want to do that because uh, of the Taylor Swift being at the Super Bowl. That could be an issue, too. Um, but it, it's, you know, maybe he's just taking care of himself. He was saving himself. Uh, he's getting towards the end. He'll be 35 in October, folks. Uh, this is not playing quarterback where you kind of just sit back and throw. You have to run and hit people and get open as a tight end. Uh, he may be used in goal line situations next year, you know. So 
it's all food for thought there. It's just an observation. Maybe this man, and I still like Kels, okay? Contrary of him, um, I know he'll do anything for money. Uh, with the with the vaccine stuff and the Bud Light stuff, I'm not mad at him. He did get into a little bit of trouble in college. Uh, that was in a documentary. That was in a Kels documentary. I think it was marijuana or something. They got kicked off the team or something. But he didn't get, to, to my knowledge, I don't think he's gotten any trouble in the NFL. So uh, not making any, just observations, not accusations, observations. And if I was in the league, I'd just throw it on him. Say, hey, if you ain't got nothing to hide, brother, go ahead and do it. Everybody, There's other players who get these random tests here. Just a little food for thought. If you like the show, folks, share the show. I was very tired today. I cannot believe I made it to the show. I uh, hardly slept a wink last night, but I was feeling so good today. I figured, you know what? I think I'll talk to you all about these uh, breaking stories here in the league. So, Carlos, I will see you Friday. And um, otherwise, folks, um, again, uh, especially you share this show on the, if it's YouTube, share it on your social media. I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, otherwise, I'll be back here tomorrow, same time, same place, here on Sports Scope. Thanks, everybody.